Atlanta's number one radio stations. Swanky 93.3 and The Heat 94.6. Radio stations has you covered. From our studios to our newsroom at KLP Entertainment. Listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audacity, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube and more. All day long. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski. The dingarona. The ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Your number one hit music station. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger. Offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And there's nothing against Brock Purdy. It's not that he's bad. But what I've said all year is I don't see the special. I think a lot of this, most of it, is the roster and Kyle Shanahan. And this weekend when the weather's not perfect and he misses Debo Samuel who gets injured, he's ordinary. The final four quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson, about to be MVP for the second time, fastest quarterback ever, Patrick Mahomes, a wizard, number one pick Jared Goff, and the last guy picked in a draft, Brock Purdy. And here's another thing about the Niners. They are co I love Kyle Shanahan, but he is completely tied to his play sheet. He doesn't feel like a great second half adapter to me. He came with a game plan. It's usually brilliant. They usually roll over people, but they're not a good come from behind team because I'm not sure if they adapt. Once Debo Samuel got hurt, it's not the same offense. You can't just do what you do with Lamar and say, take it over, kid. Make some plays with your feet. You watch Lamar and the Ravens. They're missing people all the time. Think about it. I mean, January football's different. The weather's worse. You get stars beaten up, they have to leave in the first quarter. Your opposition's better, the coaching's better. You gotta adapt. I've seen this with San Francisco before. Better scheme, better roster, average quarterback, and they don't hold a trophy. I just can't see Brock Purdy, especially without Debo Samuel, and they're getting very Christian McCaffrey reliant I can't see him hosting a trophy. I mean, think about this. Lamar Jackson's on a third-string running back, has a rookie receiver, missing his star tight end, and the left tackle, sometimes available, sometimes not, and he's great. No impact 
no impact. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, receivers led the NFL in drops. Not been comfortable with his offensive tackles all year long. In the tougher AFC, his tight ends great but aging, loses coordinators every couple years, no impact, 5-0 at his last five playoff games. Brock Purdy has a little rain and Debo Samuel leaves. It doesn't look the same. And January football is different. Green Bay should have won that game. Green Bay couldn't hit their kicks. Green Bay early dropped a pick six. I mean, I'm watching the same thing you're watching. Green Bay was almost a 10-point dog. And I said all this past week, Green Bay's the real deal here. Now, the only thing they're missing is time on task. Green Bay's incredibly young and really, really extraordinarily talented. Maybe not Detroit stack talented, but they, on offense, they got nothing but talent, Twitch. They just don't have enough games. And so Jordan Love a little erratic, they make some mistakes. But I'm telling you, championship teams are overcoming. Baltimore's missing people constantly with Lamar. No impact. Mahomes, receivers lead the NFL in drops. Here they are again. Rain and missing Debo? I mean, obviously, Brock Purdy struggles gripping the ball. It's pretty well known. There's a hand size in the NFL. That is, you know, what, what scouts and GMs want. Not every quarterback has it, but I mean, he's skipping balls to Christian McCaffrey in the flat because it's raining. I'm sorry. It does not feel like a Super Bowl host a Lombardi Trophy team or quarterback. So there were eight quarterbacks I watched this weekend. San Francisco's was the eighth most talented. I'm sorry, it's what I see. I'm not a stat guy. If I was a st if stats mattered, Buffalo beats Kansas City because I saw Buffalo after the game. All their stats were better than Kansas City's. Kansas City, not a volume team, efficient team. So. I mean, he plays in the NFC, he's got a great coach, who's sometimes overly tied to his play sheet. Um, it's a stacked roster in San Francisco's favor to beat Detroit, but I feel like I've seen this. I have seen it. Great offensive coach, stacked roster. Second best quarterback in a conference championship or second best quarterback in a Super Bowl and I know how it ends You know what Baltimore reminds me of a little bit is Philadelphia last year. So Philadelphia last year had this uniquely mobile quarterback Great coordinators Nice mix of young old good old line D line combo and it all gelled and got him to a Super Bowl it feels a lot like that in Baltimore. Everything's lined up. The coaching staff, the coordinators are fantastic. They're healthy. I like the mix of players. Their quarterback is just simply hard to defend. I don't know what I'm getting in that Ravens-Chiefs game, but it feels like one for the ages. One for the ages. I mean, the Texans dropped 45 on Cleveland. They didn't get a touchdown. <laughs> Think an offensive touchdown. So it just kind of feels like, and they don't, they're not perfect. I mean, again, Kansas City got outplayed in the first half and then came back to win. I thought the Baltimore looked a little flummoxed in the first half and then dominated. But here's the thing about Baltimore is sometimes you get these years where everything just lines up. I mean, this team has played six 
Seven wins versus playoff teams. Here's what's remarkable. Seven wins for Baltimore over playoff teams. Six double digits. I've watched them crush Detroit. I've watched them crush San Francisco. Crush Miami. This is a really good team. Lamar's on fire. The roster's on fire. Young guys like Isaiah Flowers. Old guys, Roquan Smith. It all works for me. And one of the things I really like about Baltimore is that Lamar was a different kind of player. And I remember this when San Francisco had Colin Kaepernick, and Lamar's much better than Colin Kaepernick, but San Francisco and Harbaugh are like, hey, we're going to go all in on this, and we're going to kind of change the offense for this young guy. And everybody's got criticisms of Lamar and what he can't do, and Baltimore's like, oh, that's what he can do. And, you know, there was during the last couple of years when he got hurt at the end, there was questions about are they committed to him. They just wanted to get the right number of negotiations. They weren't going to let him go. Good God, the guys were 10 and a half points a game. You can make an argument. I, I don't even know if Patrick Mahomes is worth 10 and a half, 11 points a game. Maybe he is. Maybe Josh Allen is. But this team scores 28 when he plays and 17 when he doesn't. So they weren't going to let him get to the market. All right? Like, they were going to pay Lamar. But I just love that there's such a symmetry between Lamar, who's always trying to get better, and Baltimore, who's always trying to make Lamar better. They don't worry about what he can't do. And by the way, there were some things early he couldn't do. There's not a lot he can't do. Is he as good as Mahomes from the pocket? Well, Mahomes is the greatest potential quarterback in the history of the sport. So I'm not holding him to that standard. But when he came into the league, he was kind of skinny. And then suddenly he wasn't. When he came into the league, he took too many shots. And now suddenly he doesn't. When he came into the league, he was very run-reliant. And now suddenly he's not. Every year, Lamar fills a gap. Uh, right, and we always think of Mahomes' chief rival in terms of talent, Josh Allen. Are we sure it's not Lamar Jackson? Um, Well-coached, great staff, unbelievable roster. They're blowing out good teams this year. Like, good teams. San Francisco blew their doors up. You know, I, uh, I thought Buffalo was going to win this weekend. They weren't as reliant at the end of this season on Josh Allen. Um, they developed a run game. They drafted and developed new weapons. Dalton Kincaid, James Cook, Khalil Shakir. They could blow you out. They could win close. They felt more efficient. They fired their OC. They were on track. It really felt like something. And they did so much well against Kansas City. Three 75-yard touchdown drives. They had more first downs and more total plays and dominated time of possession, and they were great in the red zone. And they had, I mean, look, at third down, they were 7 of 14, and they were at home. And yet yesterday, they reverted back to Josh Allen, save us. They put up the bat signal. They needed him to 39 pass attempts, 12 rushing attempts. They had to, he had to overcome a weird fake punt call couple of big drops by receivers, couldn't stop Kansas City's run game, much of that due to injuries, kicker missed a game-tying field goal. This was the Buffalo I thought was in the rearview mirror. I mean, I don't have a problem with a quarterback having to make some throws or occasionally go to his feet and have to move, but good God, it was the sixth time in 10 Bills playoff games that Josh Allen's had to be the leading rusher. 
The Bills' window is not officially closed. Josh Allen's still in his prime. It's still a well-run operation. But it does feel like it shut a little. Let's be honest, Kansas City now 3-0 in their head in the playoffs. You can see the way the Bills, on that last drive, where they're running James Cook into the line. They're just trying to eat up the clock. They're thinking about Mahomes when their offense is on the field. That's the way it works with Buffalo. Again, bat signal, save us. I thought they'd moved out of that. Some new weapons, O-line had a good year. They were running the ball, not Josh dependent. And then yesterday they were. He just could not overcome their mistakes. And I could spend the next 10 minutes hammering the bills. But let's talk about Kansas City. The winners, again, in this fateful January matchup for Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes did not have to carry the team. A very clean, efficient, and tidy 17 of 23. No picks in his last five playoff games. He's 5-0. The run game, dominant in the second half. They barely had the ball in the first half, yet only trailed on the road 17-13. Like Gronk, Travis Kelsey, aging? Nope. Big play Travis Kelsey. How about MVS? Who knew? He made big plays. That Kansas City, and it's just shocking because we watched them all year long. And we were frustrated all year long. And they were making mistakes all year long. But the Chiefs had eight plays yesterday of 20 or more yards. The Bills had none. Isn't that remarkable considering what we watched from both teams this year? Kansas City averaged 7.7 yards a play. That's more than any offense has averaged all weekend long. Smart, well-coached, efficient, and this is what champions, I guess, do. All year long, we watched them cobble together drives and find a way to win, and there were some ugly Sundays. Yet in the biggest moment, in the biggest game, Kansas City players played above themselves. All year long, Travis Kelsey, limping, aging, distracted. No, not really, at all. It was amazing and wide open. They call it the heart of a champion. What it felt like to me was the rising of a perceived dead champion. Everybody had the shovels, myself included. I just thought this was a vulnerable Kansas City team. But do you realize they only faced five third downs all game? They were so efficient, they didn't need third down. The Bills, for the record, were very good on third down. But Kansas City didn't panic, only a couple of penalties. They're like the Patriots dynasty, except they have a quarterback who occasionally throws sidearm. Pass protection, again, excellent. Mahomes, efficient. Running game, dominant. Coaching, excellent. If McCole Hardman doesn't fumble at the one, this baby would have been put to bed earlier. By the way, Andy Reid, and we know he's a great coach, deserves a lot of credit. This offensive line, Greg Cosell came on earlier this year and said Mahomes doesn't trust the offensive tackles here. Do you realize Mahomes has yet to be sacked in 64 playoff dropbacks. I don't think it's a coincidence that many of those players for Kansas City, who had struggled, we had doubted, rose in the biggest moment of the season. And that's gotta be coaching, among other things, from Andy Reid. Well, um, sometimes we confuse a great story with a great team. Let's talk Detroit Lions. Like Joe Flacco in Cleveland. Everybody's like, oh, that, that was a great story. He wasn't having a great year. Houston Texans season. That's not a great team. It's a great story. CJ Stroud, D'Amico Ryans. And these Lions, 
they're a great story too. But um, this roster, that pass rusher, that running back, that tight end, that safety, these weapons, Detroit can match San Francisco player for player. Not quite as old, but arguably just as good as just as deep. The star of the Lions is not the quarterback, though he's been excellent, or the coach, and he's been surprisingly good. It's the front office. The Lions' rookies are Pro Bowl level. Their second, third-year players are some of the best players in the league. Sam Laporta could be the second best tight end. Panay Sewell, Aiden Hutchison, Jameer Gibbs. Like, he's as dynamic and twitchy as any running back in the league. The last three drafts, they've hit minimum six home runs. Not just good rookies, good second-year guys, like top of the league good. And Jared Goff, with time to throw, we saw this in Los Angeles. He's really, really good. He wins a lot. He's now in his second NFC Championship game. It's not all McVay, believe it or not. Don't confuse Detroit with a Cinderella story. You know, that, uh, that small college basketball team at a private school in the South that gets to the Sweet 16. No, that's not what this is. Detroit has dudes. At safety, linebacker, tight end, offensive tackle, running back, wide receiver. They got dudes everywhere. And they're doing championship things. They draft, they're patient, they develop, they found a quarterback, they protected him, they added weapons. They don't have great corners. You can beat them deep. But I mean, Baltimore doesn't have great corners and San Francisco doesn't. The truth is, all four teams going forward, you could say one of their weaknesses, corners, maybe outside of Kansas City, but that's a weakness in the National Football League. The NFC Championship is where Detroit has landed and it's actually where they belong. One of the cool things about this team is you saw it coming. We picked them to win the division. You picked them to win the division. And so often, hope and optimism fade in January, right? The Cinderella stuff. That's not what this is. This is what championship teams do. Draft, develop, get guys. They have overspent in free agency, no dumb moves. It's smart, it's tough, it's relentless, championship level football. And I don't know what the odds makers think, but I think they're a younger version of San Francisco with a better quarterback. I think they got dudes absolutely everywhere, 